Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Stassi. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have uh, one of my favorite simmers coming back here today. Yes, she's a simmer. Thank you so much for coming back today. I'm excited to do your simmer spotlight because you're on a round table that will be coming out really soon because you were part of the YouTube round table. No, I didn't make it. No, wait, then what then what round table were you a part of? The machinima that the came machinima. out. The machinima. Oh my god. That's, See, that's awesome. you being a busy lady. That's you're a busy lady. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh you're my god. Busy, busy lady. Okay. That's that's awkward on my part, but please accept my apology because I still thought it was the YouTube one that was coming out, not the machinima. But yes, yes, she's a simmer. Thank you for coming back here today as I now have the tail in between my legs. <laughs> Just that I forgive you. You know, your schedule is jam-packed. So thank you, thank you. Don't even let it bother you. Well, thank you. Well, why don't you why don't we start this interview off on a positive note instead of that embarrassing note? Um <laughs> for anybody this first time listening to you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your Sims history? Absolutely. So I am yes, she's a summer. I am an OG simmer. When I say OG, I mean I'm 40. Guys, I've been playing The Sims since I was about 11. Um, we had an option in tech ed class either to play Oregon Trail, never made Oregon Trail, my people always died, or Sim City. Sims, the Sims is from the makers of Sim City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, so I was playing Sim City. So when The Sims came out, and 2000, I was on, on it, and I played every single iteration of the game. Um, absolutely, absolutely love The Sims. I like to immerse myself in, in my own world. Um, I'm also a Gemini, so I love to control other people. So this is awesome for me. <laughs> so The Sims was just made for a personality type like mine. Uh, currently, I am a brand new Machinima director. So I'm on my third series um, on YouTube and uh, my machinima journey started about six months ago and it's just been um, a creative journey and awesome journey for me ever since. I cannot wait to get into your machinima journey in just a little bit. I, as being a voice actor for machinimas, I can't imagine what it's to like being on the other side of it as a Ooh. sim storyteller as I post photos of what I want you to see you don't have yeah. that option because the world continues to revolve around you where I my favorite buttons pause on a storytelling because I pause yeah. that shit and I crop things out but anyways yes she's a summer again so sorry for you're on a YouTube one but what okay but talk about the machinima experience how how was that experience for you because I remember because that that would be almost five months ago since we filmed yeah. it because you were you were new and I and I said come on in get some experience did you Absolutely. did you learn anything from that round table that you uh, are currently using today everything <laughs> everything <laughs> I, I I mean OMG Sims um the mom cave um mm -hmm. oh, well the deed I can't remember her name it's gonna bother me She's quiet, but when she spoke, mm -hmm. she gave us some really good information about her journey. Um, I don't. I, I learned know, a lot. I I know her name. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know her name, 
um she does like the america's next top model yes yeah 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 yes but she was very quiet but when she spoke mm-hmm. it, she spit nothing but knowledge and so I, I got a lot of knowledge from i i reach out to omg sims i reach out to the mom cave i absolutely do and i ask questions and they are very very helpful um it was the mom cave that made me realize that I could kind of do machinima the different way. I didn't need the transport mod. I could use this instead. Um, I started using my game capture card um, or my um, camera, my screen sh- um, sharing program that came with my computer on my graphics card because of the mom cave. And because she had mentioned, I was like, how does she do that? I figured out how to do that. So my Filming experience has been totally different. I learned a great amount of things. I forgot something once and the interview came out and I'm like, yes. And I just watched it. We watched it again to get what she said. Cause I remember she said it at this part. <laughs> so I, yeah, I got some valuable information and it was awesome to be included, especially being such a newbie. Mm-hmm. But, um, Cause I absolutely love the Reaper. I love the curse too. Um, but if I had to, absolutely say which one of those two is your favorite it would have to be the reaper i absolutely love that series so when i met omg sims i was starstruck like you're one of the reasons i'm doing this (laughs) isn't that like the best though when you get like you get to meet your your favorite people in the sims and you get to talk to them and you're like wow okay i'm gonna say i also heart the reaper i've been on a lot of machinima series a lot um and I will do anything for ONG Sims. Like he, I, I he's he's my down. Like I he's my ride or die. And for for Machinima creators, uh, you know you got nominated for best voice actor for the Machinima Awards, right? Can I, I tell you, I did. Yeah. Okay. All for right. Amy, I, yep. I love that people because people are like, oh my god, like I love you as Amy. How do you do it? Absolutely. I'm like, if they change the Amy, I I don't know if I would have been happy. Because honestly, like somehow your voice matches with that character. Yeah. It was almost like he built that character around your voice because I couldn't see her having any other voice. I love that. So um, fun story. So I auditioned first ever machinima acting role I got was Amy. Um, and oh. I had, I had no idea. I had, I done a lot of like, how's that theater kid? I mean, shakara by saying that (laughs) but um it made i liked it it was fun but what happened as i got to know ong sims because again like at the beginning i just typical relationship of just um voice actor to director a lot of like a lot of them just send their lines and they're and they're off where I, on the other hand, like I would message him. I would ask him questions about the character being like, what was like, what was her decision-making in this process? Um, I like this. Can I change this line? Can I do it this way? And he always said, yes, he was always very flexible working with me. And then, um, and then the Reaper three came out and I, then my, my fiance was casted as Kane um and then yeah so Kane is my fiance so I would we would do our our scenes together it was really fun I would be like can I say this line instead because this is how like we would actually interact with one of this is how we would talk um and he's like yeah and then I would and then he would ask me about other aspects of the story he's like well what do you think if I did this and what do you think if I did that and I'd be like yes do this or no don't do that 
this a character would never say that if this is based in uh like like the u.s they would never say this like ever right. that's just not how we talk um because i took amy's character and i kind of made it my own and now for the return of the reaper i because i got the script and i said have you made amy yet and he said no i said okay this is what how i think you should make her because this is how she would look coming from a college student because that's where the reaper three takes oh, place yeah. to the reaper the return of the reaper she's older she's 26 27 um oh. so like she would have longer darker hair because she wouldn't have had the short hair she had her short blonde hair face she's a right. she's a um an interviewer now again he always takes the character and kind of mimics it off me of being like because she was a youtuber in the last one i was a youtuber yep. when i and now i'm an interviewer so he mimics it. i was like okay so she's 26 27 she'd have longer hair ombre she would be wearing suits she'd be really put together because she wants to be taken seriously, seriously. she wants to separate from her image of what she was with the short hair yep. and, he, and, and he's like i love that and i'm like yeah I like it too because again I've I've grown with this character a lot and a lot of people message being like I know you as Amy and I, then I always have to say well which Amy because I also played Amy in Davenport so I played two oh, okay. Amy's so they're like well the Reaper and I'm like awesome and they're like I knew you from Amy from Davenport and I was like yeah you did because I played both Amy's so it was really it was really funny and also my fiance was also in Davenport he played Richard so yeah so it's really nice that like the directors I have worked with some pretty shitty directors I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna sit here and be like this is the best everyone's perfect right everyone's perfect because I I was working a project I'm not gonna say what project but it just it ended on not the best terms uh they didn't like my acting style they didn't like my like my reflections and how I speak because it's not how they saw the character they wanted to change that out of me and unfortunately that's not something that you can change you casted me how I speak so I mean we ended up parting ways that's fine um he didn't let me have any really creativity aspect when it came to that. He just wanted the lines and just be thankful that I picked you kind of idea. Yeah. So it's fine. It's fine. I mean, they are also very young, like Mm. very young, like under 20 young. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they have a long ways to learn to To grow how to, to, you know, Deal I can tell you the 17, 18 year old, yes, she's a simmer, is not this 40 year old one. Number one, I'm old. So I just, I'm tired. I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) I got other things to worry about. Cardinals. Like scats. I I love that because I feel like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, she's (laughs) like, when you get older, your filter just goes out the fucking door. What filter? Yeah, what filter? What filter? Ah, it's, it's gone. Again, 17, 18 year old me was a fucking monster. I could have been a cl- a, cl- uh, a clacker from um uh the Devil Wars Prada. Like that's the kind of ah. attitude I was in. Like I was designer clothes, the world bows to me. I 
I, I rule the world. I had no self-awareness and I was a complete asshole because I grew up as a rich kid. So mm. I never really heard the word no. I was also an only child. So I definitely never heard the like the word yep. no. Um, and then reality hit me pretty hard at 20. And then I, after that, I looked at myself and I was like, I don't like the person you've become. And I'm going to completely change. And I have. And even looking, like, because I met my fiance at 23 and I'm going to be 30 this year. The 23-year-old he met is a completely different person. From now being 30, because I'm an adult now. Even when I got engaged when I was 26, because I got engaged four days after I turned 26. I'm a completely different person even from that. I would say the pandemic really shaped of what was important to me and where my values lied. Because I would have like, because now I'm picking up the wedding planning, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And I was way more strict back then. I was like, no. No, no. If it's my wedding, this is what we're doing. Okay. We're going to do this and this. And I had my finger always. And now I'm like, fucking show up. I don't care. You know what? That's more than anything. That's Mm -hmm. being sheltered and not being sheltered. Yes. Right. I was a baby. So it was a long time before my mom and dad let me so much as ride the bus Mm -hmm. by myself. My, my oldest sister was always great with directions and you know, mm-hmm. so she got to do whatever, you know, basically what she wanted to do. And then my oldest brother is 10 years my senior. Yeah. So by the time I got to any point, he was already out of house grown. So it was always me and I had to be dropped up, picked up everywhere. And I was very mm-hmm. sheltered. But when I got out of here, when I got out here and I saw the world, who I was changed because I never had no, didn't, I wasn't a rich kid, but I was a small brat. Mm-hmm. So no was not a word that resonated with me. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. right my sister just started saying no to me about 10 years ago and I'm almost 40 I don't like it right because I'm a spoiled like literally I was spoiled everyone around me spoiled me because I was the baby I was yeah. a cute one you know all of that um and so but once I got into the world I that entitlement changes mm-hmm. right and so that's what happened to you you got out here yeah and even if you get out here and you're still have that shelter and you're so spoiled you can't help but see your environment Mm-hmm. Right. You can't help but actually see what's going on, you know, and it's, that's the same as someone who never leaves their neighborhood. Yes. And then when they step outside of their neighborhood, it's it's a culture shock. It's a whole mm-hmm. new world because for you, you never would have seen that because that wasn't your mm-hmm. environment. And that's what happened. I think for you, just from that story, it sounds like more than anything, it was experience. Yes. That's you know, and it was stepping outside your box, stepping outside of your environment mm-hmm. and seeing the world. Yes. You know, because once you open your eyes, it's really hard to shut them. Once you see the world, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 100% true. You definitely yeah. cannot go back and unsee it because I shelter. I was very sheltered. Like you said, rides. I had rides everywhere. I had I never had to take the bus, and then when I did take the bus, I'd be like, "No, like, mom, come get me! Like, I don't want to take the bus. Like, it's seriously, I just don't want to do that." Now I'm like, "Oh my god, get me on the fucking bus!" Because I need like 45 minutes of just like being on a bus without talking to another fucking human being. Like, yeah. I just I just need to like catch up on some Instagram shit. Like, I'll I'll take that ride, uh, on the bus. But it's it's different how, cause like 
I want to say this. The Sims set me up for failure as a kid because I truly thought that I would get out of college with $25,000 in my bank account, have a career of just basically being like, well, you finished cool. Okay, well, here's this job that pays like super well. Um, And I just kind of thought like, oh, well, the husband's going to come right around the corner. (laughs) And then the house is going to come and then we're going to get married because that's literally what was taught to us that that yep. that was the case and that's the furthest thing from the truth i walked out of i walked out of school with student debt um working minimum wage jobs trying to put myself through school i remember my first apartment when i um like it was me and my my best friend and our rep was 440 each and my bill my phone bill was $60 and the internet was 50 each and the tenants insurance was 25 each that was the only bills I had and I remember I used to make hella money because I used to work at Michael's as a man like a manager mm-hmm. at the time minimum wage I think was 12 or 13 dollars but I made 17.50 an hour at that point because I was a uh, manager as a young with that as, kind of money uh, you yeah Oh, I, and I was also, I was, I was also going through my hot girl summer phase because I recently got out of my toxic relationship of seven years. So I'm now 23 years old. I am living on my, by myself. I'm skinny as hell. I have abs on my abs because I'd lost a lot of weight from, I had my, I always say I I lost 400 pounds that day. I lost his Mm. ass, which was 220 and I lost the other 80 pounds at the same time. So I was living my hot girl life. I was making hella money. I was at the bar every night. I was great. And that's when I really started to learn a little bit more that maybe I'm not the biggest it ship because I'm just kind of like everybody else kind of surviving and getting to meet more people that weren't just always in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. I was I was going on dates because again, I was like, that was the first time I was ever single outside of high school and college. So I didn't really know the dating scene. Yep. I didn't realize that every 23-year-old fuck boy just really wants to fuck. Because that's, oh, yeah. that's not me. I was never that person. I like In my Tinder profile, it said no hookups. I never wanted that. I always wanted that general connection. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like that I was old at 23 because I acted more like I was in my 30s because I wanted to... Like, I wanted to go to the bar and have, like, a beer. I didn't want to, like, go to your house and watch you play GTA 5. Like, I didn't want to do that or I wanted yeah. to go out for dinner I wanted to do I actually had I had the same restaurant it was Jack Astor's for anyone who lives in Canada knows Jack Astor's that's like our like our pub like no, it's not even pub food it's like I don't even know what I would equivalent to like a TGI Friday's is like okay. our Jack Astor's and okay. um I would go I'd order this I'd sit in the same spot with all my tinder dates with the same waiter and and and, and she'd be like this one's gonna be lucky right and I'd be like I don't know we'll see we'll see but it was so funny because it was it was known and then I I decided to break my mold because I wanted to only date guys that were my same age mm-hmm. they had to have uh like a dark dark blonde dirty blonde and they had to have blue eyes um and I was like this isn't really working not working so then I met my fiance who's three years older than me has like the lusciousest beard you'd ever see uh dark beautiful brown eyes and it has this beautiful olive skin complexion because he's uh half macedonian half greek and that was the first time i'd ever dated anybody that wasn't caucasian yeah i because that's that's what kind of i surrounded myself with and then i realized i was like wow 
I love this because this is awesome. And these white fuckboys I was dating were not. So yep. it was interesting to see that. And it was, and he has really opened my eyes to how the rest of the world is because again, I was so sheltered. Like Fox News was always on in my household. That that was the it shit. Mm. I grew up as a Republican because mm-hmm. I didn't know any better. And because that's what my dad told me I had to be. If I was going to be a successful yeah. woman, I had to be a Republican. And that's not true. I mean, my dad's wish was for me to marry a wealthy person and be a trophy wife. Like that that's kind of what my dad always wanted. Mm. He's changed his mind now because he realizes that I'm an, an independent woman that has a lot of thoughts but um yeah it's crazy to just kind of see like yeah sheltered mm-hmm. not sheltered and then you kind of realize like oh man like this world it's kind of fucked and then and sorry go ahead every every environment is like that because i yeah. grew up in a huge my mom has a huge family dad was only child but my mom has a huge family so my entire world is black mm-hmm. I, and when i moved from um Illinois to Wisconsin it was a straight culture shock mm-hmm. because all of my I always lived in a multicultural neighborhood my mom always made sure of that she wanted us to my mom and dad they wanted us to have access to other cultures and, and be worldly yeah so when I moved here to Madison Wisconsin it was the first place I was called the n-word now my yeah. Chicago is one of the most segregated places mm-hmm. in the world but I was in my park you know, yep. there wasn't any white people in our neighborhood. We had Latinos, we had Jamaicans, mm-hmm. uh, we had Blacks, we didn't have any white people. So moving here, I moved right smack into Whiteville, yep. where I was one of two Black kids in my class, going from being, you know, one of 20 <laughs> Black kids in, in my class. It was, it was definitely a, a culture shock. What I will tell you is that now my friend group, my circle is so well-rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends of all different nationalities and all different races and all different backgrounds. And I wouldn't had we stayed in Chicago because mm-hmm. it's very segregated. You didn't go outside Lasani. I brought my friend who's Caucasian with me to the South side of Chicago that didn't go well. That did not go well. That no. didn't. And, and, and at that time I had been in Madison for like, 10, 10 years. Yeah. So I was a cheese head. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> I, I am a cheese head because now I've lived in Madison for 31 years. Oh, so, wow. and I only lived in Chicago for nine. So yeah. I've lived in Wisconsin, you know, three times, mm-hmm. you know, that I lived in um, Chicago. So when we came back, I was straight up, my cousins called me white girl because I was just straight up proper English. Started to get that little Wisconsin accent, which still bothers me because I have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, I can say, had my mom not done that, mm-hmm. I don't think my world would be as full. I got you. Or have as much substance. Because mm-hmm. when I got here, there wasn't a lot of folks that looked like me. And the folks that were looked, that did look like me, we were kind of pushed into like specific areas because it was an influx of blacks that were coming to Wisconsin for a better life and they didn't know what to do because it was you know basically an old white town um 
So there was a lot of a lot of things that happened growing up here that I'm glad because it prepared me for the actual world. Yes. I remember I was in McDonald's parking lot a couple of weeks ago and a guy got upset because I made it up. You know, they have the stupid two lanes down. Yeah. I hate that. Um, and he got upset because I ordered first and I got in front of him and he's out his window yelling the N word at me. Now, like I three believe- weeks ago. Yeah, seriously. The and then fuck? just kept it going. Just kept it going. Just it's like he was, oh, listen, the man was so old. I'm pretty sure he knew Jesus. Like that's how old he was. And so had I not lived here, had mm-hmm. I lived in Illinois, I think my response would have been completely different. My response now is your mama. <laughs> just like that doesn't bother me. I know the meaning of that word. I, I'm not ignorant. I'm not uneducated. But those are the two things that I'm definitely absolutely not. Um, and that you yelling that at me, it says more about you. Yeah. Than it does about me. So I made it a joke, you know, and I got out of my car with my phone and I'm like filming it. Like, this is like, guys, this is what's happening in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I'm glad she moved us here because my mom made the decision to move us here. And then my dad just kind of followed because we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mom and her sister both moved here. So we came to visit. She wanted to stay, but it made me well-rounded. It did. And I'm, and I'm glad because I have friends from all walks of life. I can tell you that if I stayed in Chicago, my circle would look very much different mm-hmm. and it would not be multicultural. It would probably absolutely only be black. I've dated white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dated Latinos. I probably wouldn't have dated outside my race, you know, and in the environment that I was in. And it made me who I am, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I, and I love the person that I am and I feel um, comfortable. Like I'm a huge Dr. Who fan. I probably wouldn't have told nobody in Chicago I was a Dr. Who fan. Now I would because I'm proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love being a Who fan. Okay. Um, but that also opened up my Sims life too. Mm-hmm. To, different cultures and and being able to especially with with the expansion of all these different cultures that they're bringing in and being able to experience like asian culture and moroccan culture and um it it made me want to kind of bring those elements into my game because Mm -hmm. of the way my friendship group looks like yeah i wanted to make sense that look like them Mm -hmm. as well no, well, yes, you said right. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh. I mean, that's disgusting that that still <laughs> happens. And I know it happens all the time, but it's just disgusting yeah. that we're talking about. Like, mm, it just irks me the wrong way. Just, I can I tell hate- you the thing for me was that blackface video that that I saw that happened in Philadelphia last mm-hmm. week, and it just. I cried. Now, I didn't cry. Here's the reason why. You know, the thing that happened with George Floyd was blatant. Yes. That has been a concern my entire life. Yeah. When I, when I can, I can probably absolutely guarantee you that if you and I have the conversation of what our parents told us the first time we left the house and how to interact with police, it's going to be a completely different conversation. 100%. Yep. So that's been my whole life 
So that was, it was a shock. It was disgusting. It was heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. it wasn't rare. No. Police brutality has, I mean, that's just been the thing, right? Yeah. That honestly, they would have gotten, and this is my an unpopular opinion, so don't cancel me. They would have gotten OJ had it not been for racist cops. Because I don't mm-hmm. care what nobody say, he killed. I yeah, he killed them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. We're, we're we're on the same page with this one. Yeah, he fucking did it. He got away with it. He, he got fucking, away he got because away with of murder. a racist cop and a racist judge. Yep. He That man should have been thrown under the jail. Okay? Yeah. But because of that, because you just knew this Black man, you, you didn't give him the right to be innocent until proven guilty like everyone else. You mm-hmm. botched the case that was a slam dunk. This was a freaking slam dunk. Like, seriously. You know, and it was just because of racism. And I'm sorry, again, don't cancel me, Black people. I love y'all. OJ did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My um, So that, that's kind of in the world, but that those girls. Yeah. To paint the face. First of all, my heart goes out to the, girls who, the girl whose face was painted. She clearly didn't want to do that. Yeah. She was clearly being bullied. She was clearly, you can see it in her face, in her eyes, and when they were treating her, she was clearly being bullied. So that's one part of the problem. You know, I'm not just looking at it going, oh my God, look what they're doing about my people. No, look at this girl. She is clearly being beaten or bullied. She's clearly being abused by people who are supposed to be her friend. Yep. Let's start there. And then what they're saying, I, it just, it broke my heart because these Kids are hope, right? Yeah. In a more diverse world mm-hmm. where there's access to culture and you, you know, these stereotypes can be crushed and you have children behaving mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. So they're still being bred yes. to think this behavior is acceptable. That made me sad. That that does make me sad because it's a conversation, it's, a, it's something I think about all the time is as children, we don't automatically associate anything else around us besides we want to play we want to play we want to we want to read a story we want to I don't know play cars or barbie dolls or anything like that it's not until we have outside influence telling us how we should feel and then once we realize that that's when hate hatred and judgment comes in right right and then that's that's again it's bred it's not we're not born with hatred we're raised with hatred and it's crazy to think about that and yep. and the fact that it's still happening and they're getting i'm gonna say this and i don't really care if i get canceled because it's my personal opinion but i feel like the people that cause the most hatred in the world have the most kids and the people that cause the least amount of hatred either have zero or no kids or sorry zero or one kid right so you kind of start feeling outnumbered because they're the loudest and the more well-mannered ones are the quietest but then you only hear the loud and the the loud get the the news attraction because yep. it's loud, it's clickbaity, it's to scare people. I mean, at this point, of being like, "Look, what's happening here!" Right? right, and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's so terrifying!" Oh my god, like, and then it it starts to affect that, and then other people watch that, and they're like, "Well, 
I could do that. I feel the same way. Right. And then they do it. And then it's like second instance this week of X, Y, and Z. And then, yep. you, and then you have like, oh my God, like this is like getting really bad. And yeah, they'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm finally feeling yep. heard because social media gave us a fucking, everyone a fucking platform thinking that they are right and that they are not. And you, God forbid, you can't have a, like an, a, an opinion. Absolutely of, not. Right? Like, hey, this is how I look at it. My views on life may be different from other views in life. I think I'm right. You may think you're right. We should be able to come together in a peaceful conversation, <laughs> but that will never happen because as soon as you as soon as you tell somebody, typically who's on that angrier side that they're wrong, that's when uh, like they're like, "No, I'm right." And I'm like, "I'm sorry you feel this way, but right. I have proof that you may be wrong and it's like well it's fake it's all fake and then it, it kind of, again was just spiraling at this point right because that fake news thing is just driving me mm-hmm. i'm just it, like if you think about it everyone can say that their their um data is correct and your data is wrong yes i can't wait for us as a culture as a culture it should be I don't agree, but yes. I respect your opinion. Because when I enter into a conversation, okay, I am very much a zodiac sign, right? So I'm very much a Gemini. I will debate over white bread with you. Yes. Right? I can absolutely love white bread. White bread could be my favorite thing in the world. And if you like white bread, I'm going to take the stand on wheat and it's going to be believable, right? Because that's, I love to debate. Yeah. The reason why I win is because my debates are never to change your mind. It's simply yes. to state my opinion. Exactly. And if you're coming into this to change my mind, you're going to get angry. You're going to get angry because you feel rejected. Yes. And people don't think about that. Go into a conversation saying, it is important for my opinion to be heard. So I'm going to state my opinion. And it absolutely does not matter to me if you agree with me. I may find it it's funny, you know, and if um, it's a situation where, the conversation is a little aggressive. I'm probably going to laugh at you because you're so dumb to me. Yeah. But what I am going to do is allow you to have your opinion because you have the right to, right? Mm-hmm. The whole point, especially here in the United States, I love when people say the First Amendment. Okay. Oh, Are you dear. for the First Amendment? That means that you have to stand next to someone who is screaming at the top of their lungs something in which you would oppose at the top of yours for your entire life and respecting that. Meaning that if you don't like me because I'm black, I don't care. I don't like people because they have brown hair. Everybody has a preference. Yes. Everyone has a preference. So if you simply say, you know what? I'm just not comfortable with black people. Fine. I don't care about that. I really could care less. Here's where it's a problem. When that attitude affects my health care, when that mm-hmm. attitude affects my the how my housing choices when that attitude affects the jobs that I can get. Mm-hmm. So as long as you keep your racism on my life, you can keep it. Yeah, you can absolutely, absolutely, positively keep it. I am not a fan. I don't. I don't click with flamboyant people. If they don't like me. I don't particularly care for them. And I'm not talking about uh, the LGBTQ. I mean anybody flamboyant. I have mm-hmm. flamboyant females. 
that just get on my nerves. So I'm waiting mm-hmm. now to just get on my nerves. I'm not that bouncy, bubbly around me person, right? That's just yeah. not who I am. And that irritates me. I would never, based on that, I would never not have a conversation with someone who's flamboyant. I would never not give them an opportunity to show me who they are. Just our personalities don't click. I'm too serious for a flamboyant person and they're too carefree. Yes. So it doesn't, we're we're like this. Yeah. You know, but I would never discriminate against that person based on my preference. Yes, that is exactly and we need more people feeling that way being like instead of just being bred into us being like well no we don't like you and we're we're gonna tell you everything why and we're gonna change your opinions because i'm right and you're wrong and then you're gonna be on my side i just yeah i I couldn't live in america like i i couldn't do it i i wanted to when i was younger i just can't i just especially like like the amendments i love they're like we can't take away the second amendment obviously uh i'm very anti-gun i'm extremely anti-gun my yep. my ex-boyfriend was all about guns he loved them um i got to see a little bit into that world didn't like what i saw became very anti um but guys that amendment was made in 1778 thank you alexander hamilton who teaches us that because most people don't know because it's that long and especially if you're from other mm-hmm. countries we don't right we don't know u.s history that's when muskets were a thing and it took you 10 minutes to fucking load a gun okay it's not there was no multiple shots there was no multiple shots it was a musket like they literally talk about in hamilton how to have a a fucking duel and like it literally is like one shot and we're done right okay so that was back then when assault rifles you couldn't buy them at walmart okay like listen if you want to have a gun because you it makes you feel safe okay sure i'm not gonna sit here and say no if that's what makes you feel safe as long as it's safe like a handgun but you don't need an ak-47 to protect your family no what what do you need a semi-automatic weapon for no why because like statistically if you have a gun in the house, who's going to get shot is someone who lives in that house. That is the number one statistic. Or when they wanted to arm, and I fucking love this, because gun violence in schools in the States is very common, uh, giving <sighs> teachers guns. Because that's not stressful. So let me get, when I heard that, this this was, this is what I said, okay? I said, yeah. so let me get this straight, right? We yeah. have a gun violence problem. Yes. So we throw more guns at it. Yes. Cause because that's not gonna hurt more people. Like I can't I I could I mean I could be a teacher. Anybody could be a teacher. In the situation I had a gun, I'm like, well, I have to protect the students with my zero knowledge of how to shoot this thing. I'm going yeah, I'm to either that. hurt myself or I'm gonna hurt a kid. And it would make more sense to make the classrooms into a panic room. Yes. It would make more sense to put yes. her um steel doors yes. that shut and make those classrooms a panic room. Yes. That just makes sense. Well, you're gonna add more guns. That does it. Yeah. Do you know? And I and this is so I hated this. January 23rd, the statistics came out. We had 36 mass shootings in 23 days in 2023 in the United States. And I kid you not, there were more mass shootings than there were days in 2023. 
that's disgusting i did not i I did not know that um it was it was it's kind of funny that you say so my boss terrible we discussed that before this podcast um so he just came back from a month in florida because snowbirds as we do we go Mm -hmm. to florida and could never do that because i'm fucking petrified of florida um but anyways so he's driving he stopped pick pick a state between florida and canada one of them could be nashville Mm -hmm. could be it could be kentucky could be anywhere south carolina north carolina somewhere up along that way so they're sitting having dinner and then they see a bunch of cop cars drive by Mm. and the guy comes in they're at this pizza place and the guy comes in and the waitress like oh did you hear any gunshots is this is this like a shooting nearby he's like i didn't hear any this time so could be anything and my boss overheard this and we, we talked about it in good lengths of like that is a conversation that's never brought up here we see rushing vehicles unfortunately we assume domestic or a stabbing in canada Mm -hmm. we don't ever associate gun violence (sighs) or drugs i would say drugs are very common we're very meth heavy here yeah but we would never ever say oh i guess it's i didn't hear any gunshots today guess it's not that like we would be fucking panicked no, we're scared to go to Walmart. We're scared to go to the grocery store because you don't know. There was literally a mass shooting in Illinois. And this this, this is how close this came, right? We had a mass shooting in, in the mid-2022 in Illinois. They found, this was, uh, I think it was, it was in the suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. They found the shooter's cell phone here in Madison, yeah. On one of our main roads, they found found out that he had came here to Madison to do another mass shooting. He finished the mass shooting, came to Madison to do another mass shooting, but he wasn't prepared. And so he decided to turn around and go home. And he ditched his phone here um, on one of our busiest areas, University Avenue. Now, mind you, this this here, this yeah. is, I'm here. I was moving around that day. I was running errands that day. Yeah. For all I know, I drove right past this man. I was in that area. I actually had visited a friend a couple blocks from the gas station they found his phone at. So this it's it's I don't I'm scared to I online shop still. You know, mm-hmm. I I tell my mom, please, if we don't have to go to the grocery store, let's not go to the grocery store. We do more hanging out inside of each other's homes now than we do going out. Because I will tell you, the last time I went out to the club, I had to duck. And I was just like, you know what? I'm old. My knees don't work. I'm, I don't, I don't want to do this. You're scared now. Literally, when, you, when we walk into a party now, there's metal detectors. There's a guy, the security guy with a wand. They're checking my bag like opening my purse and moving stuff around type situation. Like they're wanting us down and you still have to walk under the metal detectors. And if they don't have that at that establishment, I'm not going. Because you don't wouldn't believe how many times I've been actually in, and again, I'm gonna say this one more time. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I don't live in New York. I don't live in Chicago. I don't live in Detroit. I don't live, live in Baltimore. I live in funky little Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, with up until a few years ago, we still have farms and dirt roads. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Okay, I spent oh, yeah, my childhood yeah. tipping cows until I realized what that was doing. I'm looking at the camera. I didn't know. 
I only took two cows in my life. Don't judge me. Don't cancel me. When I figured it out, it made me cry. But that that was my childhood when we moved here. Farms and barefoot and hunky tongs. I couldn't tell you the amount of um, barn dances and hoedowns I've been to. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm scared to go to the grocery store because they're shooting up um, gas stations here. It's, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. We need a whole just podcast on gun violence. Um, look, seriously, seriously. And that's why I, I, am a, I am a Democrat with some Republican values. I kid you not. Um, I'm a very, very conservative Democrat because mm-hmm. I feel in some areas, Democrats have gotten too liberal. Yeah. And I think that causes a problem. Yeah. Right. And I think that in some aspects, Republicans have gotten too conservative. Yeah. That causes a problem. There's no, there's no happy medium. Like I fully, fully think that our president should be nonpartisan. I don't understand yeah. why a president would belong to a political party. Exactly. Because you're representing the interests of the United States, not the interests of a party. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that I do respect about the royal family in England is the fact that the queen or king is nonpartisan. Yeah. And they don't get involved in political. Now, we we all know what things happen behind closed doors and with prime ministers and all of that. I get that. It's supposed to. But out front, their people believe that they represent them, not yeah. a specific political party. And I think that's one of the biggest, this, this race war that we have going between Republicans and Democrats, because it's absolutely a race war. Yes. It absolutely is a race war. It is old older white people feeling like the whites are dying out. And so they're Mm -hmm. doing things like removing um, abortion rights and um, contraceptive rights because they want, they don't care about everyone else. Right. And I'll tell you this and then, you know, we can go back to civic. (laughs) I feel like you and I can talk about stuff forever. And I love it. Yeah. 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 Um, There's this thing that, by 2050, basically, whites are going to be the world's minority, not the majority yep. anymore. That the world is going to look very beige, yes. right? Because there's so much intermingling with races. Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do here is stop white women from having abortions. And by doing that, Right, because they like to throw out numbers and say fifty percent of abortions are by black women. Yes, what they're not telling you mm-hmm. is that forty percent of those abortions are involuntary terminations. Yes, because we are twice as likely to die mm-hmm. in childbirth than our white counterparts. So we have to have life-saving abortions that we can no longer get. Mm-hmm in order to protect the mother. And sometimes, you know, you have to make the choice between your life or your child's life. Now, look at this situation. Now, our Supreme Court has ruled that uh, Roe versus Wade no more. So we have all of these different contraceptive things coming up in our states. We have all of these different bans on abortions. White women are gonna be forced to have children or black women and babies are dying in mm-hmm. childbirth, they're systematically wiping us out while building up their race. 
Here's what they didn't think about. When the abortions were banned, the death of white women tripled. Yeah. Because white women were getting backdoor abortions, backdoor yes. abortions. Um, now, now you have a world where we have so many things. People are going to be selling abortion pills online. Yep. You know how many of those things are laced with fentanyl and they're going to yes. kill? Yep. So many people, so they're not thinking. Nope. They're, they're not thinking. And Democrats are so, yeah, they should be able to do what they want. You're not actually looking at the fact that there are people using abortion as birth control, which mm -hmm. is your right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, let's make it known that because you have so many women who've done that and then they go to have a child and they kill them because they don't know the damage they're doing to their body. Mm -hmm. They don't know that every single time they have one, they're making their body enabled to actually carry a child for a term. Yep. So much mis misinformation out there that we need to, we need to come together as a people. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, at least not in my lifetime, but I can tell you from the time that I moved to Madison to now, my life is different. Um, mm -hmm. People are ignorant. Being called the N-word is something that's going to happen because people think it's a cheap shot. There's yeah. no different than a man calling a female B. Right? They're going to call us a B to the end of time. Yep. Because they think it's insulting. But what I will say is that my interaction with people are different. Mm -hmm. I don't go into a situation thinking every single white person is racist, and I did. Yeah. My guard was always up. The scary part is any white person that could be racist. And you just, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what situation you're putting yourself in. But it's Black people, cis, technically, by the definition, Black people cannot be racist. And I'm not going to go into that, folks who's watching. Just look up the word racism, learn the definition, and you'll, you'll understand what I mean. But we can be heavily prejudiced. And so that is something that we have to work on ourselves because mm -hmm. I brought a white boy home. And the first thing my grandma said was you brought in the devil. Yeah. There was no anything like I'm not getting to know him. I don't want to be around him. He's a rag. He's the devil. Um, why would you do that? That was the reaction in my home. And it yeah. actually, that plus the, his parents reaction to me is what actually broke us up. But that was a sad part because we really liked each other in high school. Yeah. Like his parents didn't want him dating a black girl. My parents didn't care as long as he treated me well. But my grandmother who was living with us made him very comfortable every time he came over. So it's, it's a catch-22. It is. Yeah. It is a catch-22. Well, thank you for sharing. I could not agree more about Roe versus Way because I advocated very heavily of how that's not fucking okay and Not that you, you didn't you didn't end abortion you just created back alley abortion abortions are Absolutely. still gonna happen and Absolutely. i when i when i was on instagram and i was sharing like where women because like i'm in canada so like so that, that immediately it stepped out being so roe versus Wade. we actually use that as precedent in our like in our rights so our government right. came out and said nope that is a medical procedure that is not changing here so i started advocating more for the states and like educating women 
where mm-hmm. to go when you need one that don't go to these websites for back alley abortions. Don't go to Mexico. Right. If you are going to go to Mexico, Mexico, go go to safer places, not to back alleys. People are like, you dirty C word. You live yep. in Canada. You don't have to like, why are you advocating? Like, you don't know what it's like. I'm like, you're right. I don't know what it's like to have that not being able to get one. Here's the thing. I want to educate people why abortion is needed as right. I have had several miscarriages that I needed to take the abortion pill. I had to, I was going to die. I was going to die. So again, abortions are still going to happen. Miscarriages are still going to happen. You can't get rid of it. And again, you're, you're taking away, like I have this theory because you know, like modern day fashion is going back to the seventies. It's a really seventies, eighties style right now for like Mm -hmm. SUs. Yeah. They're getting us to dress what the rights are in the States. I am a huge king in a pack. Right there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I will not be part of that trend. You will not see anything 70s on me. I am. mm -mm, mm -mm. I fight for women's rights. I fight for the right to vote because like I had co-workers that refused to vote. And I'm like, women died so we could fucking vote. Go and vote. And not only just go and vote, but be educated. So something that something that we like I scream at people here. So we like obviously every form of like there's three stages of government. You have your city, you have your state or province, mm-hmm. and you have your country. Learn right. what each does. My city is going to focus on my city needs, such as roads, right. such as um, just anything in the city. I know road. I I know I was going to lead up with more with roads, but I but like I road. Got, you know right. what I mean, right? Roads. Uh, municipal. Municipal. Uh, like yeah. sn- like snowplow, yeah. like anything, anything that's in the city, awesome. And then you have province or state. What's what are they going to do for the province or the state? And then right. the whole country. What's different? So some right. a lot of people here bash on Justin Trudeau, but it's actually not Justin Trudeau. It's Doug Ford because again, it's not understanding who does what or they'll be like right. oh doug ford get the snow plows out he has no say what happens in my city right he, he does not control he does not sign the snow plow paycheck okay right. that's that's our mayor that decides that and our council people and being being a, like attentive of who's on the council especially in the in the education sector do you yep. stand with their values do you stand what absolutely. they want to teach our children absolutely because you might not, but here's the thing. You have that ability to change that. You have that ability to vote. And I'm finding as the more elections go on, you're getting less people voting because the baby boomers are dying, right? right. That's the generation that votes. The new generation is coming in and they're not voting. I find the Gen Zers, they will p- punch a cop in the face, but they won't call and make a doctor's appointment. Like that's kind of their their lies but they'll be like oh like we don't need to vote like it's fine i'm like no you need to vote because you are setting up the generation we're trying to fix what the baby boomers did which is the millennial generation because now we are now we are heavily in the workforce right we are now the ones making decisions we are now our baby boomer cousins are retiring 
they're old where the new right. blood's coming in and then you now have the next generation starting to come in and i have i mean i have lots to say about that generation because we always we always get lumped together but i'm a, it's an exception to the rule for some of them but we need to focus together we need to focus right. on the things that matter such as gun violence human rights police brutality guns um uh, mental health and everything and the thing is we have to come together and do this and you're right we right. need a president that's not well i'm a liberal so i'm gonna vote on the liberal side because then you'll have because it nothing gets fucking done because no. it's it's like okay so liberals are in power for either four or sorry uh democrats are in power for either four or eight years and then they step down and then it's republicans for four or eight years and they just keep fucking bouncing the ball back and here's the worst thing with us right it's who controls our house and our senate yeah. that runs our country so if we have a democratic president yeah but the leader the speaker of the house is a republican and yeah. the majority leader of the senate is a republican then they're still pushing the republican agenda exactly right those to me everything should be and i don't care if you you agree with the party or not you know what i'm saying if i had to put this i would tell you in a minute i'm a conservative democrat Right. I get on Democrats' nerves because I'm really conservative. Yeah. But I don't think Republican. Yeah. I agree with some Republican values, but I don't my thought process yeah. is not Republican. So I can't claim to be a Republican. And I get and so you I see the extreme on both sides. And mm -hmm. that's what our Senate looks like. And now our House is Republican. Now keep in mind our House of Representatives is our money. That's our purse. Yep. We can't push anything through on the Senate level without it being approved mm -hmm. on the House floor. But we have a Democratic Senate now. Nothing's nothing's going to get done. No. Nothing is because going to get done. they'll just shoot it down. Absolutely. Oh like, no, no, they're like, no, no. What what yep. will get through? And they'll be like, eh, no, we're not yep. gonna do it. Whatever because... the House passes, Senate's gonna um reject. Whatever the Senate says to the House, the House is going to reject it. And they're not thinking about the people. They're not. They're just thinking about their own selfish, selfish agendas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what we need? Have you have you been watching The Last of Us? Do you know, like, The Last of Us? Great, great TV show right now. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, phenomenal. It's great. It's zombies. Okay? That's what we need at this point. We need a zombie apocalypse. Let's fucking press you reset on everybody this. Everybody else. Yeah, reset, kiddos. Because before, like, I was like, no, like, humanities are saving. Nah, fucking reset. Let's go. I, I because we are, Because we are killing, like, we are killing this planet. We yep. are killing this planet, this planet that gives us everything, and we are killing it. And what are we rewarding it with? Fucking, we can't even pass a goddamn bill that's going to help with the eco-life of our lives because it can't get past the Senate. Because the thing is, we need the U.S. to start doing stuff because then if the U.S. does it, then Canada and Mexico do it, and then the Absolutely. rest of the world does it. But then the thing is, like, well, China's not doing it, so, like, we're not going to do it. And it's just yep. like, but we're just going to die because, like, I think it was 2018. There was a country somewhere. Please do not quote this, but it like the where the locations, but somewhere in Africa, they actually ran out of water. They ran out of water. That's happening. We're gonna run out of water and food 
very quickly like in our generation like, I feel like in my generation at the very yeah. end we will run out of food in, in some countries because there will not be enough food and we're killing the earth so we're killing our ability to grow it right and then you have the the old generation well the earth has stood for a million years and it's not gonna fall now and I'm like the dinosaurs went extinct. So there have been mass extinctions in our lifetime. We just haven't had Ice one age. in a long time. Ice Age. Again, this is like what I tell people. I'm like, science happens regardless if you don't think it is or not. Right. Um, like, educate yourselves right. on certain things. But I feel like we, we have to go back to Sims because this has been an hour. <laughs> We might just want to start the whole thing over and then you could use this for a different podcast. We I, actually, I do have a podcast that I do want to invite you to after this one, but we are going to come back to this. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think, I, you know what though, I think we needed this. So something that like, I feel like if this was on like another, uh, a podcast may be cut because it's not what the focus mm-hmm. is, but we are, we are people and we have to talk about issues and this is an issue that we need to talk about because we are people yes we like sims yes is is this podcast an escape for you absolutely but there are issues happening in the world world that we need to talk about and i have no problem using this platform to talk about important issues i've always stated that as the case and if you don't want to listen to those top issues the issues that we want to bring to the table that's on you have fun have fun but um, to be honest i will tell you that it has come up in my sims to be honest yes. i get i get inboxed um i've got inboxed three times and the question was how come you don't create white sims and i never know how to answer that yeah um because what i have a um a woman i grew up with she's my sister she is my sister's best friend she's my big sister like mm-hmm. you can tell me anything and she's Caucasian and she is my big sister. I respect her and my life like my big sister because they both raised me. Mm -hmm. You know, your parents raise you, but your siblings raise you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. They both raised me. Um and and the first thing she asked me when I said, Hey, did you watch Mama Shinema? I was so excited for her to see the role. Because she knew about the story. Mm -hmm. The role was a novel. So she knew about that. So I was so excited for her to see it. And she said, Yeah, but sis, there are no white people. Yeah. This is like you couldn't tell us we're not blood. And she's she is white, you know, you couldn't tell us. But her that was her reaction to it. And it kind of deflated me a little bit because I was like, wow, that's your take, not looking at the story. And my and my my answer to that was, Well, sis, do you watch friends? Yeah. I know she loves friends. And she said, Yeah. I said, Well, there's no black people on friends. So I'm, I'm confused. Why is it a problem? Because I'm creating shows centered around yeah. Black excellence. And here's the thing, right? And I'll be completely honest with you, Sassy. I don't white write from a white perspective because I feel like it's probably going to be stereotypical because I don't have a white experience. So I don't want to write a character that is a stereotype. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, the white folks around me have grew up with 
black people, not in ghettos or hoods or anything, mm -hmm. but they, they grew up with black people and they're very well-rounded and well-versed, right? So, but that's only a small set of white people. So if I go into character where, and none of those people that I can pull from my inspiration or from my real life are corporate. Most of the folks in my shows are corporates. Um, mm -hmm. They're uh, professionals. I would hate to write a character and then you watch it and you're offended. Yeah. I would also hate to write a white character that I put too much of a black experience into. And mm -hmm. then black people are offended and say, well, you black out this character, the white girl. Mm -hmm. How do, so I don't know. I'm not confident enough in my writing to write a white experience. Now, I have a show coming out with a couple white characters, mm -hmm. but they're not my main characters and they're not in depth. Yeah. Because again, I don't want to offend anyone. So it's kind of a, a catch-22. Um, there's something that I'm watching that's really, really, really good. Right? And it's a really good story and it's a collaboration between two people that I love and respect for The Sims. But I'm noticing that most of the bad characters are Black. And it's bothering me. And I don't know how to say, hey, I'm curious, why are all your negative characters yeah. African-American or Black? I, I'm, I'm just wondering why this white hero has to defeat Black people. Yeah. Like one or two, because they're, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Black people are just the best things in the world and we don't do anything wrong. Excuse me, shoot. It's okay, you can <laughs> swear. It's okay. This is not a child-friendly, you got to be 18A to listen to this shit, okay? So it's I'm okay. Got you. <laughs> I'm a realist. You know what I'm saying? I know that there are flaws in my people just like there are flaws in everybody else. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, because she's black, she's perfect. Absolutely not. No. Because human beings as a whole are flawed, mm -hmm. right? So it goes. But why is everybody, your white character going up against black? And a black male at that. Mm -hmm. And you rescued a black woman from a black male. It's bothering me. Yeah. I love the story. The story is so good and so juicy. Mm -hmm. And I like literally on Instagram, when I look on Instagram, I'm looking for three things. There's a story by a, um, by a sermon that I love where he just found out, I uh, can't remember, but it's, the character's name are True and Echo. And there's this whole thing going with paternity tests and divorce. It's so good. And there's a Rose Chronicles. I'm up to date. Like I binged it one weekend. I'm up to date. And then this particular story. And I'm not saying the name of this particular story because I don't want to put a damper on it because it could just be my perspective. Yeah. You know, it might not be anything negative, but it's very hard. If if you watched my show, it's funny. Someone said, um, all of your characters are black, but you have white characters that are the help, like bartenders and stuff. Yeah. And then in my series, the landlord, he just had to be an evil white guy. And I say, he's not an evil white guy. He is an evil white guy. I said, no, he's an albino. He's black. But he's yeah. an albino who's passing for white. Yeah. But he's not, he's not, he's not a, a white guy. Because if you look at his mannerisms and the way he talks, he doesn't talk. 
he talks like someone with black influence because mm-hmm. I have black influence. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's it's that is a question that I get a lot. And it it's such a catch-22 because I've seen simmers who are not black write black characters and they're beautiful mm-hmm. and they're strong and they they you know they're just human. That is what you see is the humanity. And yeah. then I'm seeing white summers make ghetto sips, right? That aggravates me. That mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely aggravate me because yes, that is a culture, but you're getting it wrong. <laughs> this is not, it's not your life. I've never grown up in a ghetto in my life, but I was a teenager. So that's where the fun was. So that's where I visited, right? Mm-hmm. I went to the ghetto to yeah. have fun. And then I went back to my suburban life. Back <laughs> to my parents in the safety of my little suburban community, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's but the portrayal. Yeah. And so I think you have to be very, 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 very careful. If I wrote a main character, I would probably send it to you and a few other people to read the script. Yeah. And say, hey, I need feedback. Yeah. Oh, fucking... You know? Absolutely. I thank you for sharing because I am on the opposite end of that where all of my characters are white. And yep. I get hit on for that because they're like, well, Vanessa, she's clearly dark skin and she's a villain. I'm like, she's not a villain. She's a she is a girl who's a high school person who's just in love with Nick. I I just made the I made this out. I was like this is I love this. Actually, mm. if anything, she was my character from the Scooby Doo uh, Hex Sisters. She's the she's the same Sim. I needed Sims. <laughs> I had it in the gallery, my gallery at the time. I was like, I'm gonna use that as her. That's awesome. I wasn't being malicious. I just was right. like. That's just, I had 80 Sims at the time and I picked one. And Luna, who was in this week's episode, guess what, kiddos? She's also from the Hex Sisters because it's still in my category. Like, I get that because they're like, you don't have enough LGBTQ influence. I'm like, I get that too. I get that too. Like, Mike and Harrison are, are, they're a couple. Like, we. and and they're like well you need to I'm like this story takes place in Roseville California have you ever been to Roseville kiddos it's as fucking white as mayo okay like I just picked that because I was gonna pick Roseville Canada but no one gives a shit about Canada's story so I just picked the fucking states I just googled where is Roseville in the states and Roseville California I was like well this fucking fits as a small (laughs) ass town okay but in book two and book three we talk about the other communities in this world, such as like a native, like a Native American, and going right. into their spiritualism. And then you have the Brotherhood, which are fucking assassins. Okay, right. like give me a, give me a break. I am, tr- I am trying. I am trying. And again, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. I could never write a black lead ca- character as a woman. I would have to have help because Absolutely. I I am a white girl. I grew up with the white girl experience, and that the, like, and I don't want to feel like, well, like you should be multicultural. I am trying, I am trying, but I am the most comfortable writing this as this because this was kind of like my high school 
but experience, why right to me that's not wrong and and i and i say that not to say that we shouldn't interject other characters yeah. and races into our story i fully believe in that if you look at my like the things that i did on the sims that i made prior they were always really dark sims yeah. because i don't think they're really dark black people get enough credit for their beauty yes. their skin texture so I very rarely did any like light-skinned or caramel-complected sims because my point was this black is also beautiful and I wanted to show showcase them. That wasn't something I had to learn like in making the road and making these other shows. I had to say, okay, everybody can't be like dark, dark, dark. Now you're alienate. You're doing the thing yes. that you said you didn't want to do. So you can definitely interject other cultures into your sims. But everything is a catch-22 and you're never going to please everyone. Yes. Because the moment you write that story of a Black girl, regardless if it's good, regardless if you have points of reference, regardless if mm -hmm. um, you, let's just say you collaborated with me, someone's going to tell you you didn't have the right to tell that story. Yes. Someone's going to tell you that they're offended by the way you told the story. Yes. You cannot... 100% please the masses. I also get, how come there's no LGBTQ plus communities in your um, in your um, stories? Well, there's a lot of different aspects to that. When I'm thinking about pub, when I'm thinking about public consumption, I'm also thinking about branding, audiences, demographics, um, different things like that. What I can tell you is that I don't have those experiences. Mm -hmm. So again, I would hate to write something that is rude or that is wrong. I yeah. want to represent everyone in, in their truest forms. So actually in the soulmate house that I have now, that is something that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's my first time writing that sort of a um kind of love story and I'm scared I'm nervous because I don't want to offend anyone yeah um but I also want my show to be very realistic mm -hmm. and so it's very rare that you're going to be anywhere and not encounter someone within that community yeah you know my right now um for me my my, my very best friend um is a lesbian and she's the first one She's the first one that said, I'm going to need you to ask some girl on girl in one of your shows. <laughs> like, that, hey, sis, how you doing, sis? But, uh, can I get some girl to girl action? Like, what's up? <laughs> yes. You know, she's the first one that kind of, so when I thought about doing this, I went to her. Yeah. And I said, hey, I want to write this story into the soulmate house. It's going to be a little different. Here's what's going on. Um, look at this scene and tell me what you think mm -hmm. and so she looked at the scene and um she said she said I like this but I think that I'm feeling I'm feeling a little just a little bit of gay man stereotype because it's two men gay man stereotype here yeah. um maybe change this or maybe change that you know and that helps me because but I'm scared to release it because I don't want to offend anyone and it's stepping outside of my knowledge in my perspective. It, 
yes i could not agree more of what it's like you you, we kind of write what we know right right so if we are not if we are like if i'm trying to i'm trying to gauge this so pc lee if we are not in that community we don't know what like we don't know we ask we get guidance so when we write those characters but we don't know it off the right. top of our mind we write what's comfortable because that's what we we know right. um a good example is for rose chronicles they really want emily and alexa to like get it on and i'm like that doesn't make sense for either of their characters right because i'm writing emily was a real person james was a real person they were together from the moment they could fucking walk okay mm. like I'm ready to see. They used to practice getting married at recess. They did. Okay. Aww. Like they, they loved each other. They were soulmates from the moment from their first play date when they were six months old. They loved each other. So they're like, ooh, boo, boo, boo. and I'm like, no, 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 no. These are based on real people. Right. I'm not, I didn't just make these characters out of my asshole. I made these char- people because these are people I know and I'm writing a tribute to them. So lay off. Okay. Now, as a writer, do you find it hard not to give it to your audience? No. <laughs> okay. Me so, <laughs> so some storytellers in the sims community they get really attacked by their audience because they're like how dare you do this um i on the other hand don't care this is a novel i've written this this is just the medium i'm sharing it on because this is the only way i'm able to make a cartoon without an animator um Mm -hmm. you don't like it don't, don't read. read it don't read it okay you like you like some fucking romance go with it because how i write this as it's a love story this is first right. chronicle is a full-on love story i don't it's it's who the character loves a lot of people are like i didn't think tiana liked men i thought she would be a lesbian i'm like why would you think that why would right. why, why would you associate that well because she's smart so all smart women are lesbians? Really? Think about the things that come out of your mouth, people. Right? So one of her sisters is part of that community, which will be addressed a lot more in book two. Okay? Uh, the character she's based on is not. But I right. wrote that as a, an, an added because... In the world of demons, wherever, I, I think it's like the Ezra Isles, whatever I named it, they don't care if you are uh, a woman or a man. They don't give a shit. Love is love to them. They're a little bit more, you can't marry outside what you right. are. Okay, that's more heavily. They're like, we don't care if you, if you marry a demon and they are any other... Co- go ahead but you can't marry the help okay right right that's more because and again i got flagged for that i'm like okay guys 17th century medieval there that's the kind of timeline they're stuck in okay princesses didn't marry the help i'm sorry in real life 
in right. real life okay i don't right okay so that's the thing you stuck in with the royals because that's where that's where you were there were exclusions to the rule right it happened it wasn't it wasn't good didn't but again it's just you can't please everybody you offend no matter what i no matter what you release you'll always offend somebody absolutely it's like fuck. anyways absolutely machinimas <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about your three machinima series absolutely so my very first machinima was the landlord um yeah. i absolutely love that story i went to the bar with my sister one night we were sitting in the car and we were looking at uh, this apartment building and we knew some people that lived in it and we just started because we knew the landlord and this is real life. we knew the landlord in this building was just a jerk yeah. And he was, um, he abused his power, you know, with the folks around. So we were like, yo. And then we're, we're literally intoxicated and we're making up all these stories. And I said, I'm going to do this in The Sims. And I was just going to do it as gameplay. Yeah. Right. And so I created this character, made, made this apartment building, and created the landlord. And then um, I can't remember what it was, but I saw something on Instagram and it was like um, The Sims for um, Machinima. What the heck is a Machinima? So, of course, my thirst for knowledge made me Google the word first. Yes. So I figured out what a Machinima was. And I said, they do this in The Sims 4? And so I put in The Sims for Machinima. And the very first thing that came up was The Reaper, season one. And I clicked on it. And I said, what is, what is this? And I'm and instantly I knew I was like, this is not the Sims 4. I knew it wasn't shot in the Sims 4. But I'm like, wait, you can do this? Mm -hmm. You can make movies? And my journey started from there. So the landlord was born from that gameplay save file. Um, and it is my favorite machinima because it started it off. I wouldn't be three in without that very first one. It is horribly shot. I love watching the very first episode because they're like this. It's glitchy. It's like so so. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> but um I still leave it up because it was my journey. Yeah. And it um the landlord progressed into the role. The role was a um was a um novel that I wrote. I, I write a lot of novels just for myself. You know, because I have these stories that, that go around in my head. So just for myself. And I said, I'm going to do the world. And I just immersed myself. I put the landlord on hiatus, immersed myself in the world. And it just, that show just sparked a bug in me mm -hmm. that made me just go just all in. So then I finished the landlord and um, that what ended up being eight episodes, nine episodes. Mm -hmm. And then I completed the role. The role had a season finale about a month ago. And that was a total of 11 episodes. And then we're currently on the Soul May House. Yes. And the Soul May House is a Sims 4 reality series uh, with seven strangers in the house, seven men in the house to win the heart of Yasina Harlow, who is a 32-year-old COO from San Machino. Yeah. And she's looking for love. And we are in episode three. I'm writing or finished just released episode three. And I'm currently writing episode four. Oh, so, I, hey. I I like that. I like I like your progression. 
as well, because again, you start off basically being, I, I press set. Yep. Yay. But you go back and you're like, oh my gosh, I would have done this differently now. I yep. would have done this differently now. And that when that will continue to happen as, cause yeah. you're coming up to how long have you been on Instagram and like the mission, like, is it almost a Six year? Months. Six months. Almost. When you get to that year, you're like, holy shit. When you get to the two year mark, you're like, yeah, this is night and day. I can believe that because um, the last episode of the road versus the first episode of the landlord to actually um, episode four of the landlord versus episode five of the landlord are totally different mm -hmm. because by the time I got to episode five, I was four episodes into the role where yeah. I learned about cinematic cameras. That was different. Yeah. You know, I learned about editing for real. That was different. So mm -hmm. the first half of the landlord is night and day from yeah. the second. Oh, absolutely. Um, what tips and tricks did you take? Like, obviously, I know from the podcast, but what else are you doing that's making it so different from? Oh, I love, love. I'm not sure if you can do it in Wonderful Whims, but the positioning in Wicked Whims. The positioning in Wicked Whims, I knew nothing about, right? And I clicked on it one day and I'm like, what is enable positioning? Because I started using Wicked Whims for um, animations. There is, when you use um, like the, uh, what is it called, pose player, mm -hmm. there's a lag between one animation and the next. Yes. So when this animation goes, it has to finish its loop. And yes. then it kick into the next animation. That is not the same with Wicked Whims. The snap is like this. So I click on a pose and they're going from, in a millisecond. Oh. Like the moment I hit the play, the um, start the time again, the play button, mm -hmm. that animation is kicking in right, right away. Well, the nice part about that is if I click enable positioning, then I can turn her in the chair. In the same frame, in the same camera positioning, now I can just... So now when you're looking at it, it looks like she's turning. But she's, I'm just taking her from one post to the next and then slightly. And I like Toolbox, but the, where you can rotate, but it's 20 times easier when we can whims. And again, I'm not sure if there's positioning in Wonderful Whims. So this is the, the 18 and up version, y'all. But um, you can definitely position and you can go up and down. Like I love Flower Sims, or was it? Yeah, Flower Sims Factory, I believe is the name of them. Okay. I love their poses. They're very realistic, but mm -hmm. they're always on the floor. So they always start on the floor. And so with Toolmod, I was having to raise them. And again, yep. love Toolmod. I think it's really, really good. Um, but I have to know points and percentages in order to use it. You know, yeah. or negative five, negative point zero five. You know, because if I do negative five, then they're going to go to the ceiling. So I have to know that it's negative, or I'm sorry, um, just five because they go to the ceiling. So I have to know that it's 0 0.05 to just raise them inches. Okay, well, yeah. With Wicked Whims, if you enable positioning, there's arrows. So up, down oh, arrow, shit. side to side arrow, and then a rotate arrow. And so all I'm doing is clicking. 
and she's so if I want to do that every scene to create a look where she goes I can do that oh, with that because I can move her little by little shit love it change my life because there are a lot of animations because I don't make my own where they're just looking forward yes well I need you to look this way slightly so now with the enable position, I can just slightly turn. And now she's looking like this versus looking like this and someone's talking to her right here. And now I can use uh, that yeah, animation yeah. that I couldn't use before because it didn't work for my scene. So that has been invaluable. So if you are a machinima director, download Wicked Whims. I kid you not, if you do a lot of videos and stuff, make sure you get these streaming uh, add on to go with that because it blurs things out so you can still have that same wicked whims experience but it puts back that blur so you don't see any type of nudity but just simply for the um post player that comes mm -hmm. with wicked whims and the um position the position guide that you can use it's so much easier it's just like this and if you're one of those people that gets so sick and tired of waiting for that pose to change in pose player. It's like this in Wicked Whips. I click it, hit one, and she whole thing change. So it's really nice when I want to catch something mid somebody mid-sentence. Yeah. They're talking mid-sentence, but I want this person to come in and cut them off. What's well, hard to do that, you have to stop them. Yeah. Start them. Wicked yes. Whips, I start them, stop them. So when the when I Turn it, turn it back on. She's talking while her mouth is closed, so it's looking like she cut her off. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, cinematic camera. That is something that oh, I remember. You and I learned it when mm -hmm. we did Machinima Roundtable. I think you had just learned it like that day. Yeah. I just learned it recently, but that changed because it helps with my scene cuts. Um, I don't have to try to position the camera exact. I used to put points of reference on the walls. Okay. So I can line up my frame with those points of reference on the wall. Now I go back to the exact same position. And so if they're having a conversation like this and I'm catching them from the side, mm -hmm. I have the camera angle because I'm using Wicked Whims. I'm catching that small transition between one sense speaking the other sense speaking and it's in the same frame so now there's no jerk from frame to frame because oh. there's nothing different oh, shit. everything around it is the same lighting was another big thing learning how to film outside especially with the way that the sun moves yes so that that was a, a challenge for me because if you're film, even if you're filming the exact same spot on your, your camera, if that sun moves as a jerk, it looks like your scene is jerky because something is different. Yes. And so learning how to film with that has been invaluable. So those those are the major things that have just taken my uh, machinima creating from like here to there. And then um, I recently upgraded to a gaming PC, which life changing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was doing it on my laptop before. Mm -hmm. Life change just now. 
my Sims went from cartoons to 3D characters with my graphic card. Like it looks, so, and that's no reshade, no G shade. Mm -hmm. The built-in compatibility of my graphic card is totally different. I've also switched from using uh, ClipChamp, which was the usual um, original editor software mm -hmm. to DaVinci Resolve. Okay. If you are looking for something that's not Premiere Pro, mm -hmm. but has a lot of the bells and whistles as Premiere Pro, DaVinci Resolve is absolutely fantastic. And if you're used to looking at certain different type of editors, you can change your view. So you can change your view so your interface looks more like Premiere Pro or looks more like Filmoid, Filmoid, um, because that's the interfaces that you're used to looking at. And so it's less of a um, learning curve. It was a yeah. definitely a learning curve for me. It took me about a month <laughs> to figure it out, but that changed um, that changed the way my machinimas look as well. So if you're looking for something that's free, because DaVinci Resolve is free, and I would say it is comparable to Adobe Premiere, honestly. Wow. And I thought Adobe Premiere was unnecessarily difficult to figure out. Mm -hmm. I can figure out anything. So if I really wanted to, I could have figured it out, but I didn't really want to. So I just thought it was unnecessarily difficult. And DaVinci Resolve is, I mean, you get the same feel. Yeah. Other high-end programs for free and you can upgrade to um, a pro version, but the free version has worked so well for me. I like that. That's, again, all good advice because I tell people, like, if you want to do this, you can do it at the $0 mark. I mean, buying the game and buying the PC is expensive in itself. But doing like the other stuff, it's it can be $0 if you Absolutely. so chose it to be. And it, do it doesn't have to be expensive if you don't want it to be. And it nope. kind of allows anybody on any walks of life who wants to start, there are alternatives. Like Absolutely. at the beginning, you don't have to have voiceover. You don't right. have, to, you can do subtitle. And that's yep. fine too. Because then you don't have to rely on having a good voice actor cast. Do they all have good mics? Are they going to give me the lines on time? You don't have to work on somebody else of relying to get your product out. It's just you doing your own product, yep. which I could not imagine having um, a second person being part of this podcast because then I, I wouldn't have the final say right. on what I did. Because right. like, so I use Premiere Pro. I sit here and tell you, kiddos, you know how I use Premiere Pro? I put the video file in and I cut off the first, I don't know, five seconds and I press export. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I have the student Adobe. So I, cause I use, I have all, I pay 45 bucks a month, but I also have get Photoshop and that's where Rose Chronicles yeah. is made. So I'm more of a Photoshop kitty than I am yeah. an Adobe Pro kitty. But yeah, no, I, so like if me and my fiance ever started doing like, you know, like guys, we're vloggers now. Hi everyone. Like then we would use Premiere Pro because like, I've learned a little bit as I'm going on. And, yeah. But it, it is unnecessarily difficult. But just because yeah. I do know Photoshop, it it is very similar to their settings. Right. It's no different than Illustrator. Very right. similar. But if you have fucking no idea how any of it works, it looks like you're in a fucking rocket. It's gym. intimidating. It's it intimidating as hell. intimidating, yes. Yes. No. I, I, okay, so, so I have to tell you this one before I forget because yeah, yeah. I, I keep meaning to inbox you 
um, I want to do a weekly talk show with you and a couple other chicks um, or, or men, but yeah. I would love to do just a weekly talk show where we can just sit around and talk about a bunch of things, sim related, yeah. world related. Um, but here's a kicker. I'm going to do it as a machinima. Yeah. Let me totally animate it in the Sims 4. That's cool. But it would be something that we would do weekly. And I, I love your perspective. Here's why I love your perspective, right? Because you are a white woman who's not ashamed of being a white woman. Yeah. And that is the thing that I like because with all of the things that are happening in history, it's easy to be like, okay, I should be ashamed of my race. You know, yeah. and that's even with, with black folks. <laughs> and you're just very much you. Yes. Like this, what they did is not my fault. That's not who I am. Yes. And I really find that refreshing. Oh. I do, but I also like the polar opposite, right? I'm very black. You're very white. And I like that. Yes. And when I say very black and very white, I mean our experiences in the world we came from. Yes. Are completely you know I mean? night and day. So I, I would love to do that and sprinkle a couple other folks in. Yeah. Um, I know you're jam-packed, so probably looking at something later in the year. But I, I really think it would be really cool. And another person I'm, I'm going to try to link up with is a mom cave. Um, if for nothing else, I would love for her to come on every two weeks or so. Yeah. And just get like a mental health kind mm -hmm. of uh, things to help with mental health kind of a segment. But it would be like a view the real type of a sitting around talking yeah. guests. And I, I would love for you to be a co-host if that's something you're interested in. I'll write, I, I'm starting to write the characters out now. Yes. A hundred percent. I am a, I'm a hundred percent down because we need more of this. Like we need, we need getting more of us simmers together in the, in one room and talking about issues. Yep. We could talk about the Sims. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for, I think the Sims pat themselves in the back because they thought they end racism. They really didn't. They mm -hmm. didn't. I'm sorry. They didn't. <laughs> That behind the stand, the was behind the summit, yeah. or whatever that they just did. Yeah. I said, okay, so you went from the last thing excluding us to now every other person I see is a person of color. Where are the other races? <laughs> Can I get an Asian? <laughs> okay, you Can right? I get a Puerto Rican. Like, Fucking, I know. It's just like, guys, we <laughs> solved it. We solved it. Like, we're just going to throw a bunch of Black people at you and you're going to be happy, okay? You're going to be so happy. We asked for diversity, not exclusivity, yes. right? We wanted to see ourselves on screen along with, here's a word, along with yes. everybody else. Not just, you know what? We're going to have a Black girl host. We're going to throw all these Black people content created at you. You're going to forget we fucked up, right? No. We remember, right? And you're yeah. trending us right now. Don't trend me. Yeah. Make it organic. You know what I yeah. mean? There's, there are a ton of creators out there everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere, all over the world. Showcase us together. Yes. Have a, a great blend of all the different simmers and all the different architects and personality types. That is helpful, right? Because me, I, listen, I can tell you that I am a black simmer. I can tell you there are black simmers that don't sim anywhere near the way I sim. Yeah. At all, none. 
they look at me and they go, okay, yeah, all your sims are bougie. You know, and all my sims are bougie, but I'm bougie. <laughs> Again, it's right what you know. If you're bougie, you write as bougie. I don't get I it, people. Bougie. Stop hating us for doing what we know. We right. Know right. Right. Oh so it, it it's I, I just looked at that and I went, okay, guys. All right. I can't even give you up for trying. This doesn't feel like you're trying. This feels like, hey, we're gonna put this big oversized band-aid on this situation. So they said they didn't see enough of themselves last time. We're just gonna throw every fucking everything in there. And a black person in their face right now. Let's go. Here you go. And I'm just like, we're looking for quality. Yes. Not quantity. But the Sims doesn't know the difference. Nope, because <laughs> they keep releasing these packs that don't work. Yes. yes. <sighs> I know. Well, you know I'm going to be mad about to, um, growing up or growing together, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that pack. Oh, which by the way, didn't you love how they had a Black family? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, okay, guys. Like, Come on, like I love that there was a black family on this expansion pack, but it's to reason, right? I needed to just come from a this is a family that worked, yeah, and not this is us cleaning up our mess. And it feels very much after that, then you release the expansion pack with a black family on there. It feels very much like, um, yeah, this is what's trending on Google, so we're gonna do. That's, that's what I'm feeling. It's like, again, we, so, we solved racism because we added another type of race on there that wasn't white. We solved it. EA, buy this pack. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. No, 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 no. It's, it's I fuck it 100%. It's the same, it's the, it's the same shit. Like, yep. yeah, because yep. I'm like, God, fucking damn it. Okay. You can't even do that. Like, because again, it, it, it's kind of like, when it's everybody of the same, it's the same problem. You just didn't, you just. Now you just excluded white people. Yeah. Because, right? Because it's, yeah. There was one, I think one or two white content creators on there. Yeah. You know, and they, they all had accents. So they weren't like from the U.S. You know, they yeah. all had very thick. And so I'm going. Whatever. Just <laughs> whatever. Just whatever. <laughs> At this point, give me the damn expansion pack. Yeah, give me the expansion pack that's like it's not broken. Cool, thanks. Bye. Um, I that at that point, that's just kind of just where I'm at. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I I want to see all races and everybody in the community represented and shown, but you can't just narrow in on one because then thank you again. It's just you're just doing the same thing. It, what makes it more impactful when you see multicultural, say ten people. Right. Ten different ethnicities. Right. Fucking go nuts because then you're actually being diverse. That's not right. being diverse, picking the same. It's just again, it's right. the same. But I, right. I feel like we could keep talking about this. But I we gotta wrap this up because okay. we're coming to the two hour mark. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Here we go. So right. the shit of us. <laughs> we're actually I'm gonna switch, we're gonna talk about writing a little bit because um I I just had I I just had a sit down interview uh with Crumbomo Academy. They she interviewed me about Rose Chronicles. It was it was such it was so cool to have that mm -hmm. experience and just kind of talking about like 
It's a smooth kind of those guys. Um, we talked a lot about world building. I want to hear how you build your world because it's not fantasy based. It's more real life based. So I'm curious to see how you build your world versus how I would build my world. For me, um, so I, you know what? I'm going to answer that outside of Machinimas because yeah. my actual gameplay is always um, very modern. Like I like a yeah. very modern world, very modern houses, very modern suburbs, very modern schools. Um, I'm very modern. So I build mine up. I build um, a lot of apartment complexes and okay. I do a lot of townhouses. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest gripes with The Sims is that I feel like I should be able to split a lot if I want yep. and make it two different houses. Yep. So I should be able to take that 50 by 50 and make it a 25 by 25 if I so choose so I can put two families on there. Um, Absolutely. So I, I normally split it. Um, and I have a lot of, um, a lot of townhouses and apartments and some really big houses. I don't know how to make small houses. I'm really trying, um, over the last few months on the gallery, I've been trying to shriek my houses down a little bit because I need these massive mount, um, mansions, but, um, my, the world I love to play in is Newcrest because it's untouched. Yep. And I can seriously make every single neighborhood. But the world that I love to play in that's uh, established is Oasis Springs. I just love the background and the scenery. And I okay. tend to make a lot of houses that look very nice when you back them up to those mountains and the yeah. deserts. And um, so I, I like to build my world. And then I do do a lot of towny makeovers just because I can't stand Judy Ward's outfit. Like that has to go. Yeah. Whenever I start a, a safe bow, like the, you can keep the hair, but that outfit's gotta go. We're gonna, you know, jazz you up a little bit. Um, but I do like to do towny makeovers and I do like to just start filling in a lot of sims from the gallery. Because mm-hmm. I like a diverse situation. Yes. I like to see um a lot of different sims. Um that I wouldn't necessarily that I didn't create myself. Because believe it or not, just like you have a type mm-hmm. when you're thinking of attraction, you have a type of Sims. Yeah, absolutely. And you find yourself creating a similar Sims yep. and you, you have to like consciously make them different. Yep. So I like to go on the gallery and see everything that you guys have made because there are some cool Sims on that gallery. I'm like, oh. like I've literally created, like grabbed guys off the gallery and then made my Sims to marry them. Because I'm like, if I have real life, I would marry you because you are so cute. And then make them a couple. Um, so yeah, so that's that's how I kind of create my world. I like to build it. Um, and it and there's always a story. Yeah. I cannot build without a story. Even it has nothing to do with machinima creating. Um, I've always played the Sims that way. There's always been a backstory for this family mm-hmm. that extends to the backstory for the neighborhood and extends to a backstory for the world. Exactly. So I normally build on that thing. Because like everybody has a backstory. I don't give a fuck what you are, what you do. Everything, the house I live in has a backstory. Every like the street has a backstory. This mm-hmm. fucking city has a backstory. It's everything. And that's how you build a fucking world is the story that goes around with it because it has to make sense. Right. Right. And some people don't unfortunately have that quality of being able to build 
around the, the whole world. They're able to do the surface level, mm-hmm. but they're not able to go below, which is going to talk about writing. So novel, novelist to novelist, as I've, yes. I've been writing, uh, Rose Chronicles will be 10 this year. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, I know that's fucking nuts, <laughs> but I'm having so much fun writing it because I have taken these characters and grew them from mm-hmm. beginning to end and talking about motives, I should say. So I, I'm writing a scene for the third book. I was doing this yesterday and a main character does something that they may have not typically done. Steps outside their comfort zone and goes fucking ham. And it's not what their character is. I had to sit when I was writing. I was like, well, they wouldn't do that. That's not that's not setting up the scene. But as a line I like to take from one of my favorite movies, Batman, uh, The Dark Knight, it takes one bad day to turn you into a villain one absolutely at one bad day is it a phrase that was said did someone trigger you because like right now i'm talking of heavy themes of grief Hmm. and Hmm. trauma and what that does to somebody because rose chronicles is very there's not there's trauma but it's not talked about it's just kind of like everyone's happy and wonderful and great but there's no trauma there's nothing bad that's happened yet there's nothing that is a defining character moment because it's because right. co- it's coming but like something that kills me because i was just talking to nard villain last week because we had our summer spotlight and we were talking about in the sims how they're so surface level of being like so say a sim died yeah and you're sad for two days and then you forget about it and you never talk about it again that's yep. not realistic right death and grief and tragedy and trauma carry with you your whole life how do you handle that in that situation so talk to me about your rating style from starting a character from like chapter one to potentially three books later and their ending how do you gauge that character progression correctly i think i feel it I've yeah. always been an instinctive writer. That's why I hear people say, especially with their scripts, oh, I write two or three scripts ahead of time and then I film. I'm unable to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I tried, but the story grows inside of me. And when I say that, I mean, um, I'll use the soulmate house, for example. Yeah. When I started that script, I knew exactly who was going to be eliminated every single episode and who was going to make it i knew who the winner was going to be mm-hmm. perfect it's in my outline and everything well the winner actually got evicted first that just it was from writing and it progressed and it felt natural yeah and so i really like to break down my characters by name and who they are and their traits yes. that's really important for me because knowing their traits tells me how they're going to react in this story. Yes. So like Yashina is very down to earth. Yashina is very down to earth. She's very real. She's very honest. There's some insecurity there from a past relationship that she was in, mm-hmm. feeling small, feeling unheard. And so she's trying to break that and not bring that into her next um, relationships. Well, 
the character is brutally honest. Yeah. Like she doesn't have a good grasp on what might be offensive because she doesn't have the time. She doesn't want to be led astray. So she's very quick wit. And she's, well, what about this? What about this? I see this. And she calls you right away on your garbage. Well, that alienated one of the other characters because they felt a certain way by just being themselves. Mm -hmm. That wasn't in the outline. So that progressed with the story. Like I knew she was going to be, but I didn't know that how it was going to react to her behavior this way. Well, that broke the the third story. Was that interaction. Now I want to dive deeper in why did Howard have that reaction? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go back to his character bio, read about him and go, oh, he would have reacted like this. So everything is kind of a, a natural organic progression yeah. for me. The, the characters tell me who they are, if that like makes that. sense. No, that, that absolutely does. And that is such great character development. And it, I think it's really important to sit down and write your character write their ins and outs, write why they do the things they did. Start from the beginning. Does it make sense to where they end? If they, if they hate something, have they always hated it? What caused them to hate it? Was it X, Y, and Z? Can they overcome this hatred? If they can't overcome this hatred, how does it consume them? Right. Again, it's taking these characters and making sure that they fit in their surroundings Right. Because I think a good villain, you have to hate them, but also agree with them at the same time. Absolutely. Because if, if you don't, if you hate them, but you don't agree with them, then you're not rooting for them. Because right. I, I, I am a, I, I love movies. I love, it's like, I, I, I wish I could have a, a podcast just dedicated to like movie reviews. Cause like, that is my shit. I've watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of TV being an only yeah. child. TV kind of raised me because my, my parents separated in 97. So, I mean, I was always carted between house and house. So have to make dinner. Don't have a sibling. Plot me in front of the TV. Go nuts. So I've always liked stories because I've, I've watched a lot, but again, it's, it's being able to take that knowledge and making sure that it fits the character and being able to be like, okay, so this character does X, Y, and Z. Let's -hmm. say bitchy cheerleader. Cool. So bitchy cheerleader season one is a, is a bitch classic, no redeeming qualities, but you know, maybe we, we find out her backstory to why she is this way. And then, and then she falls, say falls in love or gets what she wants. Then you're rooting for her. Because right. she's she's she has admitted the problem, she realizes what the problem is, and she's going to grow. Because that's how humans, that's what we do. We are Absolutely. flawed. We are flawed as like no human is perfect. So we we come from our background. Maybe some maybe someone's good, maybe someone's bad. You realize the problem and you grow. So then you're you're, you're bitch cheerleader. Now she's in season two. Maybe she's no longer a cheerleader. She's part of the debate team because she always wanted to be part of the debate team, but she right. couldn't because she wanted to, she, cause she's actually a huge nerd. 
but she couldn't right. show it because she wanted to be popular because her parents wanted her to be popular. Okay, so now she's on the debate team and she's living her best life. And now she's realizing that her friends maybe weren't her true friends as cheerleaders. So now right. then they're sad for her because now she's alone. And that's something that, that is a feeling as all humans can resonate is being alone. That's something that we fear very most because we're social beings is being alone in some form or another so now you're resonating because now you feel sad but you don't remember you hated her last season because now you feel sad for her that's really good character development like i like a show where you hate one character one season but you love them the next and you hate them again yeah i am huge like on that and i i try to write that way of i want you to i i'm rating you to hate this character for you to then redeem them that's and then, how the for you, then you, yep. and then for you then for you to hate them again right that was tori from the road yeah when it started um all you saw was he cheated on his wife yeah uh, with this woman and you know they were going through all the different things and then by the end of it i don't want to give it away so you guys watch it but by the end you see a, a development in him and you go oh wait okay maybe you know and then they, they get to this, this point and then boom, here comes a, another like life twist that's yeah. involved. But a part of growing is being in those situations that force you to grow. Yeah. And so you're going to see if you're going to take a character from episode one, let's say you have 10 episodes, and you're going to take that character from episode one yeah. to episode 10, you're going to have to develop them. They're yes. either going to get better, yeah. they're going to get worse, they're going to um, find peace or be angrier, there's going to be some progression. And so you have to be aware of that. I would say one of my biggest things in writing, especially when I get into deep into a season, and one of the things that I hate about some stories that are out there is loose ends. Yes. Right? If you have, keep your script. And this is my little note. I'm looking at you folks out, out there just making mission of us. Keep your scripts. It is very, very important that you keep your scripts. It's very, very important that you update your scripts when you are making changes. We do make changes mm-hmm. inside of the editing software. I say, oh, I don't like that she said maybe. So I'm going to change that to let, or I'm going to change it to however. You know what I mean? Something like yes. that. Upgrading that. Because the one thing that I had to do to see the finale of the road was go back and read every single script mm-hmm. to tie up my loose ends. Everything, that's why my uh, the last episode of The Road was about 45 minutes long. Um, I tied up every single loose end. That is important. If And, and I see the benefits of writing three scripts at a time or two scripts at a time. Mm-hmm. You kind of don't have that point that you yeah. have to go in and fix. Um, but it's really important to close up your gaps. That allows your character to progress in the next season if they're coming back. I could not agree more. And if, but if you're not going to tie up loose ends, explain it in the next right season. If there there right. are loose ends, or like who is this? Right. What is like leaving that mystery? Leave right. them wanting more. And I think you really like you name like you like you nail on the head. Read your scripts. So I am notorious. So like Rose Chronicles has been done for a year like it's set and so but I've actually just back in when did a giant rewrite because I didn't like it anymore I wanted to change it because I'm so far ahead rewriting everything else that to get to x she needs to do y and then she needs to do z 
So we got to start for that to make sense. And I think that's good. Again, continue to go back, read your scripts. I had a whole section in Rose Chronicles dedicated to llamas. I cut that out because I thought that was there's it, it makes sense to when you get there but they're like there's a llama farmer coming up and they steal a llama and they give it to <laughs> like it was just it was funny and I was like or I could take this and build upon this relationship with somebody else or there was this whole bit of it being like high school classes that I just I cut out because I wanted to focus on something else instead yep. and looking back at looking at some chapters i'm like i can't even imagine i wrote that they went to this is it they went to billy uh, baby billy's farm to steal a llama to give it to somebody else because they needed a favor that fucking happened and they're also you tell me where that fits in because it <laughs> doesn't because <laughs> it doesn't i have but, done that yep. yeah yeah because like at the time i thought it was funny but it, it, as you're coming to it it's no or i'm a i'm a huge person i will go in writing i have what i like the picture i'm gonna go or the seat and i completely change the wording as i'm absolutely. about oh fuck i i'm notorious absolutely a hundred percent i'll just sit there and be like that's nah, not what she'd say or something i'm really bad at is because it's this like so rose chronicles 220 chapters okay i've written it like say eight months do you i can't remember every conversation i've had so there was parts were like coming up that uh, i mean i can talk about this oh fuck i guess you're reading it so can i spoil a part for oh, you? i am reading it <laughs> okay okay can i spoil can i spoil a little bit yes okay so yes. obviously briar comes back to the mortal world talks to alexa I had it that she didn't tell her that she was dying until like chapter like 180. I was like, that oh. doesn't fucking make sense. She's there. Because at that time when I had her coming back, I didn't 100% know how she was going to like that affect her. So I yep. didn't write it in. So I was going back and rating that. Or there's a couple things where I'm like, oh, I already said this. I've already addressed this plot point that's awkward oops <laughs> yeah i've been there rewrite that or talking about like our like there is um when is this coming out okay so there is Alexa and oliver about to have like this giant riff between them because mm. a lot of truth is about to start coming out that's the first set of trauma that alexa will have, will have ever experienced besides well, her parents dying but how is she going to handle it besides her parents dying? But she right. doesn't, she's a baby. She was just right. told her parents died. She doesn't have any concept of physically losing. So so the person that is in her inner circle that she trusts the most <sighs> truth's going to come out that me, Oliver knew a little bit more about Alexa than she knew. And how do you, ha- how do you, how does she handle that? Cause if remember, and she's 14. <laughs> she, how does that how does that affect, affect their relationship? How does that affect forward? that relationship? Exactly. Exactly. So it that's really, there's a good spread of chapters coming where they're not really talking to one another. Mm. Because they may live together, but they're not talking about the elephant 
in the room how how is again i can't go into like this is what happens (laughs) but it sounds like there was a demise of trust there was a demise of trust so i would say has has oliver always been truthful right i would now how could she not question everything he said yeah everything he's done well is he is he the one helping damon that's what she starts alluding. Are you the one that's been betrayed? Are you the one filling the secrets in? He's not. He's not kiddos. But it goes into questioning. I mean, okay, so he found the little prophecy, right? Of being like, am I the father? He didn't go fucking running and telling that. He sat on it. So like right. the whole point is she's always like, just come and talk to me, me. when yep. these things come out. But as we elab- which we know in chapter eight because i've gone back and reread this chapter a million times because it's being addressed so oliver knows that alexa's mother is diana okay so but alexa doesn't know that she just thinks diana's just this fucking lady of the court whatever right. but oliver knows alexa's desi alexa's fucking no idea so it comes to light very soon that See, I, I like those little things in the yes. Rose Chronicles. Those are things that you pay attention to. So you have things, you have, you know, stories, uh, similar stories online that you don't necessarily have to pay attention to every little detail. Yes. Your stories, they're done. It's going to come back. Yes. And, and something that you don't even think is a relevant point of reference. Yes. And you go, wait a minute. And you find yourself going back a few posts and say, yes. I know I read this. Well, I, I just, like that about your storytelling. Well, thank you. Because I just did a whole bunch of Easter eggs from the podcast of like, this is the first sign of crows before it was even talked about. Or Alexander was the one in the first chapter being like, yo, that's where Alexa is. I never alluded to who that was. I just said father. Right. Or the, the biggest one is the reader knows more than everybody else. I've always said it that way. But the biggest twist was, is we know Damon has three children right but he has four because oliver has three siblings he has three other siblings damon has four children so i've always alluded that there's only three so that's also i mean this i mean it was talked about so on oliver's blood potion oliver is the youngest out of three siblings so he has another sibling. So Damon right. thinks it's Alexa, but it's not. And it comes to the attention when Briar comes back and reads, I'm oh, sorry, spoiler, uh, for you, not for everybody else. <laughs> that she comes back. Seen it by now. She comes back and reads the blood potion. And it's like, what the fuck? Who's this fourth person? Who's this fourth child? Who is it? Because he thinks it's Alexa. But it's not. So who is it? Oh, this is getting juicy. Right? So there, <laughs> but again, it's kind of I always set it up that there's three. But what Alexa and Oliver say, oh, there's he has three siblings. That's news to them. But for right. the rest of the audience, they knew, well, he has three sons. Right. Uh Christian Alexander and Oliver. But there's a fourth child in there that we actually do find out who it is. Because see, that's the catch-22. People hear three kids. They don't hear he, he has three siblings. See, three siblings is outside of yourself. Yes. 
Exactly. I specifically use the word siblings, not kids. Right. Yeah. Oh. See? <laughs> I've seen I'm so good with the little Easter eggs and the and the yeah. wording because so I brush my teeth thinking of Rose Chronicles. I go to bed thinking of Rose Chronicles. I shower thinking of Rose Chronicles. I think of every little aspect of it. How do I make this work? Because they're like, you, you only tell one story. Don't you get bored? No, no. I tell the story in errors. So right now, right. this is this is the high school era. Next, we're going to come to an adventure mystery solving yep. era. Then book two, back to adventure. Then royal. It's literally, I, I how I write this is Taylor Swift albums. Every album is its own era. It's contained. It's its own right. thing. I don't just continuously keep telling the same story. Okay. Say Alexa becomes queen. How's that work? How the fuck's that work? Seriously. How does it work, right? She's she lived in the mortal world for X amount of years. She comes in here. Should she rule? Should she? Birthright. Birthright make makes sense. Has she earned the respect of her people? And what, what are the uprisings gonna be? They're gonna is that gonna call the revolution? Yeah, exactly. Call, are they are they, they are they going to respect her? Are they going to respect her because of her family? Travel. Right? Is it, is it going to be, well, she shouldn't rule because of X, Y, Z, or we like her as a ruler. Maybe she starts getting different powers. Cool. Are they? Are you still going to like her? Are you still going to root mm. for her? What if she killed somebody? And what is she with power? Alexa with real power as a ruler could be a completely different mortal living exactly. Alexa. Well, ex it, well, exactly. So, like, as I write, if I, if I was, God, I'm so trying to like keep this like on spot. Okay, so, so say she does come back and rule, she would have more of our principal life of living, right? Than theirs, right? Such as payment. Just throwing that out there. You, we get paid for services here, right? Well, in that world, you don't. You don't really right. get paid for things. That's confusing. You, right. Because in our world, we went to dinner. We pay for our dinner. Well, in that world, that doesn't happen. Right. They pay with goods or right. services. So that's confusing. That would be confusing. So again, it's just the world building, right? Of, yeah. Of it being, here's a character. You take them full circle. You take them out of the neighborhood that they grew up in. You then put them outside their comfort zone. Well, how do they react? Right. Because right. like, there you go. But yes, yeah, she's a simmer. We're I'm going to ask you one final question. Two final right. questions. Two final questions. <laughs> uh, three final questions. <laughs> okay. Writers... And we need that talk show. <laughs> <laughs> writer's block and writer's fatigue is an absolute thing. How do you combat both? I step away completely. I shut yeah. it all down. I won't build. Um, because even when I'm building, I'm thinking of my, of my story. Yeah. <clears throat> I will shut it down. I will shut myself down. I will go do something completely opposite of anything that has to do with my writing or my story and then come back to it. Um, I'll tell you just a quick example of that is yesterday I was writing um, the beginning of episode four. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to write it for a couple of days and just one cup. I just, yeah. I couldn't get an idea. And so I was like, you know, I'm done. And I laid down 
um, in the bed. I'm like, I'm just gonna just stop thinking about it. And I, I was like, okay, I can't get, I'm still thinking about it. So let me do something else. I decided to rewatch You People on Netflix, which is so freaking hilarious, yeah. but watch uh, You People on Netflix. And I'm watching in the very beginning of it. I'm like, got it. And I've turned everything off and just started writing. Yeah. Because I just did something that completely took my mind off of it. And I was just sitting there going, wait, what if I do this? Oh, that's, oh, that's gonna, people are gonna be like, what? Oh, and then once I figured out that little piece, mm-hmm. right, I was able to go off of that. So I have to completely strip myself away. I have to not think about it. I have to walk away from my computer, maybe sometimes walk out of my room and not even look at it and just let the story come back. I I love that. Um that that that's definitely really good advice definitely take a break walk away what i do and this is gonna sound so fucking dumb i will lie down at night before i go to bed because what i know i only write three chapters a day that's only 10 like i write on like instagram again doesn't take me long anymore so i close my eyes as i'm literally doing as i'm talking to you and i set the last scene in my head like it's a fucking like oh so i'm sitting there and they're like and i literally picture what they're going to say yeah and I just sit there and I'm like okay that's what they're gonna do and I'm like does that fit and I like and they I play out the scene in my head I'm like perfect and then I take a voice note and I'm like okay so for this chapter blah 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 because I don't do that the thought's gone it's yep. gone as soon as I thought I've had it it's gone in my head it's com- like I'll be like oh fuck that was so good and I'll be like god damn it it's gone but voice memos your friends when you yep. have ideas of just saying this is what i'm thinking for this character and you go back and listen to you like oh it's fucking dumb that doesn't make sense or yep. what i what i also like to do is i like to call just for fun so i will write scenes just for fun um mm. and just say like this is fun of like i think that would happen and then when i get to that actual part in the story does this scene still fit is this scene right. still relevant? Can I still take parts from it? So I'm kind of, it's kind of like I'm pre-writing things. Yeah. And that is so cool. It's it was also so nice when you're like writing and you're like, oh, I already pre-read that. I just have to take my little bits. I don't have to fucking reinvent the wheel for this one. Like, yeah. let's go. But um, no, very, very, very good advice. Um, What advice would you give to anybody who wants to start a machinima? Do it. Don't, don't, don't think, don't, don't think, because what I can guarantee you is that when you make your first machinima, you are not going to be the Steven Spielberg or the Tyler Perry of machinimas. You're just not, right? Your first machinima is going to be horribly horrible compared to your second. And your second is going to be amateurish compared Mm -hmm. to your sixth. Right. Yep. So you need the experience. You need to just do it. I feel like I've grown so much in the last six months from the landlord to the soulmate house to just the depths of my filming becoming um a film a director and a filmmaker. Right. So that mm-hmm. that's this is gonna be a two-part. Don't kick yourself if your machinimas do not flow like someone who's been doing this for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. don't do it there are tips and there are tricks that they know that you don't mm-hmm. and then you will learn mm-hmm. along the way um 
asked, if you see a Miss Cinema director that you absolutely love, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and saying, hey, how did you do this? They may answer, they may not. There are a lot of people who don't like the, the how do you do questions. I'm not yeah. one of them. I'm, I'm happy to answer that. I'm lucky I have a network of machinima directors who are happy to answer those questions. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I know now, I would not have known if I didn't just say, hey, I was watching this episode and you swung left to right on a tree. How? Oh, I love this animator. They make all these monkey climbing animations. animations. And now you have a new animator to use. Mm-hmm. You have another avenue to look. So ask, ask, ask questions. That is really, really important. I have exceeded whatever I thought that I was going to do in numbers on YouTube just by asking questions. My machinimas have grown just by asking questions. I started with zero followers or zero subscribers on YouTube. My mother was my very first subscriber right? Very first one. And now I'm at 91. And some of the people that follow me have 34,000 mm-hmm. subscribers or 600 subscribers have way more subscribers than me and enjoy my work. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that will be my last advice to give you. Do not, do not measure the success of your machinimas just based on subscribers, just based on views, and just based on likes, mm-hmm. you will get, get discouraged. And I'm telling you that from experience. I saw folks who came into the content creation of the same scene after me and have excelled past me, right? Every machinima director is different. Every story is different. Mm-hmm. Every content creator is different. Do not weigh yourself. Use your analytics to improve your situation. Mm-hmm. Analytics, if you're a YouTuber, are, let me, you, 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 you realize when people are watching, who's watching, what demographic, what time are they watching, how do your premieres do when you drop a video at this time or that time, that is really important. So if you're going to weigh yourself on anything, it would be how you use your analytics. I think that is definitely such fantastic advice. And don't let them, like, like you said, don't let the numbers gauge your happiness. No. That is, that's really hard at the beginning because like usually at the beginning of the Sims like community, you get a lot of followers really quickly because everybody really follows back and is really supportive. But once you have those core followers, you don't really get too many after that. So you kind of go, well, I I got like 50 followers in a day because like, it was so cool, but it's been like six months and I've gotten two subscribers. Like what the hell the fuck is going on? Like, I just can't do this. And I'm putting like 18 hours into this and like, no one's watching this. And you just have like this extra sexual crisis. Like who's this for? Mm-hmm. And it's gotta be for you. Cause if it's not for you, then you're not doing it. Right. But I, exactly. It, it's hard. I mean, I, I spoke last night about, I used to gauge my day on how many listens I had. I truly did. Cause I really got, I got, I blew up really quickly a lot. It was about a year and a half ago. On, in, in Australia, or fucking all places, Australia, because I was uh, eighth ranked for gaming podcasts there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Don't know how. Right place, right time. So I was getting like thousands and thousands and thousands of listens. And then it fucking stopped one day. Yeah. It just stopped. And then I got ranked lower and, and lower. And because it happens, right? I think it was more of a fluke. I think. I think the Elgrim thought I was maybe a different Stassi. So 
it happened and then i was like well what the fuck happened what the fuck i and i was like well let's do this well i'll do this podcast yeah this is what people are talking about and then i'll be like oh i'll get this one on because like it's we're gonna talk about trendy things and then it just like it like yeah. stuff wasn't happening and you're just like bringing your head against the wall you're like why isn't that working and then you kind of realize like well i, I stopped doing it for me at that time right. I, was, I was doing it because i liked the attention because again as humans we like the applause right right so i had to take a i came back with like like season two and just being like i'm gonna do this a hundred percent for me and now i'm getting people wanting to be on here and now i have to be the bad guy saying you're looking about a year if you're around in right. a year more than welcome him and they're like but a year you're having episodes come out i'm like yeah this was filmed in like october and it's january oh that's another thing you know what i would have said to that yeah great i'll see you in a year because yeah. it's for me it's yeah. it's not not just for you i love talking about the sims right my yeah. family is sick of it <laughs> <laughs> i love, love talking about the sims um but coming on a podcast some of that has to be for yourself right you're yeah. trying to get your channel out you're trying to brand yourself you know the icing on the cake for me is having a really good conversation with you yeah but as a youtuber i wanted to find creative ways to get myself out there to get my brand out there to get people coming to my youtube channel so that was the appeal now i like the host i like the podcast i saw so that was the draw yeah but my thought would have been if you would have said a year now mind you you and I had this conversation at the end of July, August, and we're in February for yeah. my summer spotlight. Yeah. And I patiently waited for that because it was an opportunity yeah. for me. It was an opportunity for me to let my Sims voice be heard. So that, so that's, I think I gave you guys like five. So six, right? Be patient. Yeah. Be, be patient, patient and, exp and respect my boundaries. <laughs> right. when, and I say, I can't do this. I'm not doing it because I'm a dick because I don't want to do it. Right. I'm saying I have seasons from September to April. That's right. my filming season. Cool. Right. You're not in that filming season. I guess you'll see you next season from September to April right that's my filming season because i want to enjoy the summer right <laughs> right absolutely and, <laughs> right anyways we gotta wrap this kitty up absolutely <laughs> yes she's so her absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming back today why don't we tell everybody where we can find your mischievous and your uh instagram page absolutely so i am one of those people that brands everything the same yes she's a simmer on all platforms um, yeah, she's a summer on YouTube. I have uh, three fulls or two full seasons and one current season. I have The Landlord, The Road, and The Soul May House that is currently in production. Um, before I get out of here, though, I do have to do a shameless plug. I have, coming up, um, hosted by the wonderful Stassi J and Simarella. It's a machinima TV uh, movie and TV awards that will be coming out very soon. Our voting list will be open in about three weeks. So folks can vote 
for um, all of the nominees. And we were very lucky to get a huge list of nominations. Some wonderful voice actors, some wonderful directors, and looking really, really forward to doing that very, very soon. I'm looking forward to you. I was literally, that was my last thing I was going to end with. I was going to be like, anything you want to share about the Mishima Awards? <laughs> I know this is coming out in June, <laughs> yep. but is there anything that you want to share now? <laughs> Absolutely. I am not sure if we, we, we would have been um, out or not, but I will say that I'm really, really looking forward to this. It's not the same type of Cinema Awards that you see mm-hmm. um, where most of it's online and it's via like social media. This will be an actual machinima uh, with real Sims, real um, nominations, real musical performances. We're lucky to have a bunch of people who are actually going to be allowing their music to be performed and Sims created as an act. So to be an award show, just like you see the MTV movie awards or something like that, and it will be live. So it's going to be an exciting, um, an exciting, I think, um, project and have some wonderful people on board including like i i wouldn't want anyone else to co-host it but you and Cimarella, i absolutely love your online personalities i am so excited i've known Cimarella for a long time but we've never really crossed paths with one another so i'm really mm-hmm. excited for us to finally cross paths because that's something in the sims community um you kind of really cross paths with the same people especially voice actors you really cross paths mm-hmm. with the same voice actors um again not to quote alexander hamilton but a lot of us we keep meeting yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> <great. laughs> we do we keep meeting each other being like hey you and i'll be like oh my god like hey like what's up because um I'm doing, I just, I just interviewed uh, Witching Mermaid. And again, we've just been in the same circles, but we just never really nope, like yep. inter- interact with one another, but we're in the same four out of the five builder clubs. And we were just talking about that. I was like, yeah, dude, we keep meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. She's summer. Absolute pleasure. Um, I cannot wait to uh, have the, the, the awards hosting it again. Thank you so much for selecting me as a host. Absolute honor and pleasure. I love being part of this community and I will do anything I can. Um, I'm so excited to see where the, where Mr. Journey is going to hold. I feel like even from a year from now, I'd be like, stars, man, like some shit. <laughs> Six months ago, I thought this was it. We're going <laughs> to have to do a recap in eight months. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just an absolute pleasure. Please go check out uh, the links below. Please go check out Mr. Journey. was absolutely incredible absolute pleasure and i cannot wait to be part of your talk show as it's a machinima and we can literally just shoot the shit because i'll just i'll just be that like obnoxious white girl <laughs> i love it i'll come up with I my chanel because <laughs> i'm gonna be that um overpowering black girl so i think the contrast is gonna be like yeah. so, so awesome. <laughs> exactly Asi, thank you so much for having me as always it has been a pleasure being interviewed by you Big ups to your hosting skills. You make me feel very comfortable and very open. And I can't wait. I hope that I'm doing this for your 100th anniversary special or something. Um, I, I think that we'll have a long lasting relationship. Thank Absolutely. you. Oh my, I cried over here. Well, thank you. <laughs> I It's much appreciated. I, I, I don't usually get thank you. So thank you. It's again, it, it makes me feel like I'm valid for what I'm doing. Absolutely. And, and, and you're good. I want to make this a job again. This is the job I want. This is, this is, I just want to just be me and have fun and, you know, have a great time. But 
I, I'm going to wrap this up because I feel like we could open this up to another 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. So we're both just going to walk away. We're going to both walk away, but we have lots more to talk about because I got, I got to talk to you after the podcast and you got to talk to me after this podcast. But anyways, yes, she's summer. Absolute pleasure. Please go check her out. Links are going to be below. You're welcome back anytime. And I know Thank I'll you. definitely be seeing you on this podcast very soon, but bye guys. Bye everyone.